We dive deep into online creative life on YouTube and beyond. Some business, some creativity, and some harsh reality. Welcome to The Create Unknown. The little squabbles and the things that seem insignificant actually affect the platform as a whole. Poetry always used to be kind of dogpiling on a person, but I think nowadays, in 2020, it's evolved to people analyzing things from different perspectives. There's a lot more of a differing sort of critical approach to commentary. A lot of what you just described as this really healthy commentary scene, uh, people kind of self-policing one another and doing this for the good of the platform, uh, in a lot of cases, that becomes harassment, doesn't it? My video was removed by YouTube for harassment and bullying under the harassment policy. Well, the next one, the final question here is, is going to make or break you. It has the capacity to cancel you. John Swan, what is your fursona? Welcome to the Create Unknown. This is Matt Tabor with commentary YouTuber John Swan. And he's here to talk about Susie Lou, body parts you cannot discuss on YouTube, copyright, fair use, YouTube's harassment policies, and a lot more. But first, we need to address some rumors about why Kevin Lieber is not a part of this episode. The rumors you've heard are true. Uh, Kevin is in jail. He's been arrested again for sardine-related crimes in conjunction with our sponsor, Eagle Brand Sardines. It's part interstate commerce violation, and because of the fish, it's part maritime law. It is a mess. But he will be back as soon as we can bail him out. Yes, I'm, I'm replacing I'm replacing Kevin Lieber today. This is your new host uh, for the indefinite future. Um, I hope you I hope I'm a good enough replacement for the for the illustrious Kevin Lieber. I know it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to choose to fill, but I'm sure I'm sure we'll get through it. To be clear, John has murdered Kevin, and he's wearing his skin, pretending <laughs> to be Vsauce too, until somebody figures him out. Right, wrong. You see how I'm working on it. It's, it's getting there. It's, it's, it's soon. Soon it will be. Soon it will be me. <laughs> Swan Sauce Two is in the works. If you don't know John Swan, you will soon. John's a commentary YouTuber who has a very unique approach to the genre, and we'll get into exactly what that is shortly. Because commentary is a broad term that covers a whole lot of different types of content on YouTube. Some of it's good. Some of it's not. And some of it is just insane. So we'll get to the differences there. John's a hard guy to describe because he's a copyright expert, a fair use expert on YouTube. He's an exceptional video editor. He edits videos for Vsauce 2. And when you watch videos on his own channel, most recently the Suzy Lou saga, which we'll devote significant time to, the videos are extremely well edited. And John's pretty famous internally within the community for being the guy on audio editing. Uh, and you have something coming up with James Marriott right now, don't you? Yeah, yeah. So we've got uh, we've got a, a new music track coming out called Slowdown. Uh, we've been working on it for over a month now, but it's it's uh, actually the probably the idea was probably much longer before that. But um, yeah, we've been working on it for over a month actively, and it's coming out uh, June the first, uh, midnight British time. So that's going to be that's going to be quite something. It's the first time I've actually worked on a a piece of music, I suppose, that's this big and it's going to be seen by this many people and judged on like the early reception right now. 
there's 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 going to be some some serious some serious ways with this song. It's, it's uh, um, I'm predicting something quite big that's going to happen there. So that's yeah, that's that's really exciting to see so far. It's really good. I mean, you know, I heard a little bit of a demo from it, and it slams and bangs. It's really good stuff. And usually, when somebody says that they do several different things, oh, I can edit audio, I can edit video, yeah, I can I can write a good one. Um, they're they're just not that great at all of them. You know, they're serviceable and that's cool. Mm. But, Jack of all trades, master of none. It really is that scenario. Uh, but but you truly are the go-to guy for pretty much all of these things. And you know how often uh, I hit you up with, I, I mean, I hit you up with questions on literally everything. If it plugs in and connects to the internet, I'm pretty much asking you about it each day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's uh, it, it's when you when you live your life on the internet, it's it's kind of a bit difficult to ignore everything. Um, and I, I always like you, a while, long time before I was invested in the community. I suppose it was it was always me figuring out new thing, new ways to do things, and um, you know, new new processes. And and uh, one of the, one of the things that I really love to do is just optimize time as much as possible. And that's been going on for like for years is at this point so everything that i try and do i try and optimize so if you ever need stuff to, to make your life easier um i'm probably the guy that you need to talk to if it relates to the internet um the bad thing about living <laughs> your life pretty much online is uh when it comes to real life stuff uh sometimes i'm not as knowledgeable but anything internet related to make your life easier i'm i, I can probably help if you <laughs> if you need that and that's how you got to, what is it? it when you combine the two videos uh, right now, about a million and a half views on the two. Yeah. Nearly, Susie nearly, nearly half. Yep. Uh, and by the time you are listening to this, whoever you are, uh, very well, maybe hundreds of thousands more. Um, you also have captivated live stream audiences. And I mean, this is what's so strange, right? Is that. You do this stuff, and then the, a couple of weeks ago, you're like, oh, I'm going to pop on a live stream and explain it. For somebody who who's never really live streamed a bunch, it's not no. like you have some... I've, it was my know, first extremely... ever live stream. I've, uh, oh, that I've it never... was your first number one. Yeah, it was my first... Like, I did some in, like, when I had, like, 500 subs, I think I did, like, two, but, like, that's, that doesn't really count. So, yeah, this was my first proper live stream on my own channel. Yeah, the first one. And how many concurrent viewers did you have on that? Uh, the max was 4,990, so pretty much 5,000. And yeah, that 5, was my channel had, out of nowhere. I think it, my channel was uh, just under 50K, I think. Um, okay. 47,000 subs, I think I remember in my head, was the number that I had when I started that. And 5,000 live viewers out of 47,000 subs is something I never expected. So That's crazy. that was, that was yeah. pretty amazing to see. It's a testament, though, to the sheer number of people who are following your thoughts on all of the YouTube drama, all of uh, the big questions on how the little squabbles and the things that seem insignificant actually affect the platform as a whole, affect mm. uh, even creators in different verticals. Uh, so we've had conversations about how this crazy thing that that seems like a total outlier actually may have a trickle down on a channel like Vsauce 2, which does not deal in any controversy of any sort um you know the most controversial thing vsauce 2 does is talk about math right <laughs> so it's not it's just not that crazy but 
uh, all of these channels and all the content on YouTube in a roundabout way is kind of related and people are going to you literally in the thousands at a time uh, to get your perspective on that. So to start out, not everybody follows the, uh, the minutia on YouTube and they don't subscribe to a lot of commentary channels. I didn't mm-hmm. until a few years ago. I mean, I, I heard a lot of things because uh, as you do when you work on the platform, but I never really followed it. Then I got to know a bunch of people, uh, mutual friends of ours and, and uh, people we all know. Um, now I have a better understanding of the day-to-day stuff, but it took me a long time especially at at 71 years old it's hard to get a grasp on these things <laughs> so what is in a sentence or two what is what is commentary in 2020 gee that that's a difficult one because commentary is really it's it's a lot broader than i think it used to be um I think many, if you ask a different person, they'll probably have a different definition because it really is, it is very wide ranging. But I think commentary is really um, just just taking apart situations, especially I think specifically YouTube drama and analyzing them and uh, giving opinions and takes on those situations. So there's there's a lot that goes into that. And it's uh, it's definitely a very wide ranging set of genre, and there's different branches of commentary underneath this wide genre of commentary. Um, that that it's there's a lot of different ways of looking at things. There's a lot of different channels that have different styles. It's it's the community is quite a diverse one. I think that's what makes commentary quite unique in that sense, and that that it is really really diverse in terms of who's in there and what people do, and it, uh, that that is pretty much that that is one of the reasons I, I i love the community so much why should somebody who hops on to youtube and watches vsauce 2 as if there's no other channel to watch everybody watch <laughs> vsauce 2 if you if you don't already um but no let's say uh you like all the standard popular stuff on there you like uh uh you know psychic pebbles who we just had on and uh you like guys like carson and quackity and uh uh some of the tech stuff like I Justine, all the people we've talked to, Quebblecop, you know, on this show, they're not commentary though. Why should somebody who watches those channels get involved in the commentary channels? What what are they getting out of this? Yeah, that, that's a good question. Um, generally when I look at when I look at the these these commentary channels and, and when I when I get involved in situations, it's always uh, I always try and make videos entertaining and I think that would kind of extend to pretty much everyone. Um, the videos that I, I watch from other commentary channels, they are very uh, I, it's a very good way to spend my time, I think. Uh, they are really, they're, they're quite enjoyable. I, I, I do love videos taking apart situations and uh, taking apart uh, sort of personas. And and also, it, the, if you're thinking about it, commentary channels contribute to a system of sort of self-policing content in a way. Um, not all of them, for example, but but some of them uh, definitely do contribute to that, um, to, to sort of a self-policing of problematic figures. And uh, it, it sometimes it's easy it's it's good to see action happen on stuff like that and commentary channels is i think probably nowadays one of the only ways you can really get action on on situations like that situations that could affect the entire platform and i think we'll probably go into that a bit later but um 
definitely that is that is one of the things that I, I think commentary is really good for and that why people should be paying attention to it is because it, it does bring to light many situations that you may not have known about that could affect you and your experience, whether you're a creator or a viewer in the future. So some some small situation could have a big impact. And I think that's uh, that's really, really important if you're an avid YouTube watcher to know what is going on, who is doing what, and uh, what are the potential consequences that are going to happen from whatever's going on in the community at the time. Is that the difference then between commentary and drama channels? Because I, it's very easy to dismiss commentary as just being this kind of perpetual uh, catty reality show. But what <laughs> yeah. you just explained is uh, that that some of these, some of the feuds and some of the uh, actions by different personas and channels have this very real, significant purpose to the community. And I like that you said both creators and viewers and so many viewers are invested in it because they feel like it, it does change their viewer experience, their Mm. experience consuming YouTube. Um, but is that the difference, uh, where commentary is kind of like drama with a purpose? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like a a good example of drama channels would be sort of the tea community. Um, I'd say those are more definitely more drama based without really offering much of a, as much of an insight as the, as the commentary genre. I wouldn't really classify. I think they'd be in their own sort of class when you're talking about that. Not to talk bad on tea channels. You know, there are many people that watch those videos and enjoy them and that's perfectly fine. Um, but I, I do think that those those videos are more centered specifically around drama and not as much of an analytical sense. Uh, they kind of um, they kind of present drama without presenting much of a solution to the drama. If that makes sense, it's kind of like a uh, it's kind of just like a a dog pile almost. Um, it's it's there's very it's not a lot of um, differing opinions either really in the T community. It's all kind of just like this person bad, so we will rip on this person it's kind of just like a perpetual (laughs) perpetual cycle um and i think commentary used to be the same a few years ago to be fair um like you had someone like idubs that would drop the content cop uh idubs is something you've had on the show isn't he yes am i am i remembering correctly yes you did it was one of the first ones uh so that yeah, Idubs drop the drop the content cop, and then everyone would dogpile on the person, and that person would be <laughs> uh, perpetually done forever. And uh, there have been a few cases where Idubs has, I wouldn't say single handedly, but has contributed to a channel's sort of fade into irrelevancy. I mean, when's the last time you heard about Rice Gum? I mean, not either. <sighs> never sees videos anymore. So he must have been. He must have done something there. Um, same with obviously Leafy was the most prolific example. Um, Tana Mojo. And we have some questions. Of, uh, yeah, we have some questions about there. Leafy uh, Ooh, on the way. Good. So good, good. So get the uh, get the the feathers flapping in your mind here, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, it's, because uh, we'll have a little Leafy talk. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, commentary always used to be kind of dogpiling on a person. But I think nowadays, in 2020, it's evolved to this to the you, you, people analyzing things from different perspectives and not just dogpiling on one person. There's a lot more of a differing sort of um, critical approach to commentary that I I can't remember seeing back in you know 2016 2017. So it's 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 definitely evolved since those early times. Uh, and I think that's, you know, one of the things that I think makes it 
quite quite amazing is the way that commentary doesn't just offer you the one perspective it offers you a, a range of perspectives on on a topic um no matter you know what your views are um you know you'll you'll probably find a a channel that you know aligns with your specific kinds of views and then maybe you'd want to you know expand your perspective into a differing perspective and and there's more than enough of that on the platform and and there's it's fantastic to see all of those different perspectives come out because that is the way viewers make you know decisions on on you know on, on content and about individuals and um it it sheds light on uh on 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 important things that could affect the whole platform as well um so i, I think that's that's really really important you mentioned, oh, I'm trying to think now, the phrase that you just used about, maybe it was uh, picking apart a persona. Does that yeah, sound yeah. like something you've just said? Yep. I said that about like five minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure um, that uh, some of the best videos are those content cop style. You know, iDubs really was the first to do it to do it that way but a lot of commentary mm. is taking uh, a channel or a person and uh, kind of eviscerating them for uh the right reasons sometimes the wrong reasons <laughs> depends uh, on who it is <laughs> it, it depends on who it is yeah and a lot of what you just described as this really healthy commentary scene uh people se- kind of self-policing one another and doing this for the good of the platform Mm. Uh, in a lot of cases, that becomes harassment, doesn't it? Mm. I mean, yeah. More recently, we've seen uh, with YouTube's new harassment policies that videos are increasingly getting taken down under the under those new policies. So, yeah, YouTube is definitely taking a strong stance against creator on creator harassment, and that's uh, you know I've talked to people that have you know talk to YouTube directly about this stuff. And uh, they're definitely taking a very, very strong stance against this kind of stuff. Um, anything that is, that is specifically, you know, um, going after another creator that's not purely criticism content uh, will be deemed as harassment. And that's, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of sad to see old videos, old cherished videos, like the leafy content cop, for example, um, getting taken down by that rule. Uh, I was dealt the same rule. I know Gokunaru was dealt the same rule. I'm sure we'll talk into that a little bit later. That's going on. That drama's going on as we record the podcast. So I've Literally got Twitter open. As it's happening. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be a new, a new drama that's coming out. There's, um, Oh, and there was just an update from from Team YouTube about the video. Oh, uh, oh no! So that's uh, we'll definitely go into that. Yeah, there's there's so much going on, and I think it's. Oh, uh, I see. I yeah, see this it, update. I just yeah. popped for me. <laughs> we'll have some things to say about that. I'm sure. But um, I want to seize on yeah. something you just admitted to. Uh, a few minutes ago, you said, oh, this policy was applied for you. Have you or have you not been smacked by the YouTube Terms of Service ban hammer on any I of have. your videos? You I have. have. The first CZD video I made. That? Oh, you know, it's 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 not the end of the world because I think getting that video taken down kind of made the drama become a bit bigger because if that didn't happen i think it would have been a bit more isolated in terms of who saw that those videos and you know how far reaching that went um but well let's uh, let's back up then 
let's let's start then. If we're if we're going to go into Susie Lou, yeah, yeah, can that's... let's because there's so much to unpack here. We actually have to organize it a bit, and I and I feel like starting with your crimes is probably not the best place to start. We yes. should we should start with what the topic is, then how you committed an offense so serious that YouTube would uh, would take severe action against you. Yes. Um, and and then what you did on the way out of it. So Susie Lou, uh, to be honest, I I knew the name because it's such a catchy name. You kind of don't forget a name that that flows yeah. and rhymes in a Dr. Seuss kind of way, do you? Um, so I, I knew of Susie Lou, but I didn't I didn't really know what her content was like, uh, and I didn't know a lot about what had happened with her channel in the past. So who who is Susie Lou? And why was Susie Lou on your radar on anybody's commentary radar? Um, okay, so let me pull up the Susie Lou script and read it word for word here. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not today. Uh, time for the t- uh, the too long didn't watch version. Um, yeah, so Susie Lou's been on the commentary radar for quite a while since 2019, where she struck down a creator using a clip of her video in a fair use manner and i say fair use confirmed manner because at this point it's so blatantly fair use that no court would even you know think any way other than yeah this video is just it's it's a fair use um if the creator was mark after dark he's a gaming channel and he um he used a clip of Susie lou's gaming video in his video uh 23 seconds of it and he got uh, he heavily transformed the clip it was a it was a it was a used for for a joke for a, for a parody and he got taken down by Susie Lou uh, a year after the video's initial release so after this it kind of spiraled the whole thing about you know Susie Lou silencing people using the copyright system we've seen you know situations like that in the past with with different figures using the copyright system to try and silence criticism and she she was accused of doing that um, Tipster, a drama channel, got a few videos, got one video removed, sorry, uh, an interview with a lawyer about fair use and about the video, uh, got taken down for harassment, um, back in 2019. And it was, it was very interesting that because that video, one. that video didn't constitute harassment. And I've seen the original video and like, there's nothing in there that's harassment. And I believe he re-uploaded the video and he, he like if you don't upload the exact same video, you should just let it through. And that video is up to this day and he didn't even remove anything from there. So very interesting takedown there. Anyway, she she was accused of um, flagging videos uh, in order to get them taken down. So criticism videos, flagging them when they didn't violate community guidelines and getting those videos removed. And, um, and is that she, when she started to claim that she knew somebody at YouTube who she could complain to and have action taken? Yes. So she uh, heavily implied in one of her response videos that she had, uh, I'll try to remember the exact word, she um, has, she's been talking to many different people at YouTube this week and they are aware of the situation and at this point the channels have been flagged and basically they're just looking into it at this point that that was uh <laughs> that was that was the uh that was pretty much the quote so she she's heavily implying she's some people at youtube that she can contact to get videos flagged and removed um that was in one of her response videos back then but she she was accused of that and then she showed her flag history on stream on uh, augie rfc um on his stream showed her flag history and showed she had flagged similar videos um that were criticism videos so not tips is one 
but similar ones. And there was uh, we could still see in the screenshot the scroll bar hadn't hadn't quite gone to the bottom. So there were more videos still <laughs> in the flag history that were not able to be seen through that screenshot. So I think we can pretty much conclude at this point, she did do it. And she confirmed just recently uh, on Twitter in a very weird Twitter exchange that she did in fact flag the video. So our suspicions were justified back then. So that so basically back then, 2019, it was, it was a matter of Susie Lou. Uh, uses a copyright system to silence criticism of her, so a copyright abuser and a false flagger, false flagging people to try and get criticism removed. That was her title back then in 2019. But then, that is chapter sort of, one. That's it's chapter one. That's the yeah. opening. That is. This is like uh, I don't know how many movies are in this series, but that is just the first introductory Susie Lou film. Yeah. So uh, there were a few videos that came out back then. They weren't. They didn't really do that much in terms of you know uh, you know bringing her to justice in any way. But I think uh, Nicholas Diorio made a video, and that video got like seventy thousand at the time. Maybe now it's risen up a bit because of the recent drama. But um, I don't know. I know Nick made a video. I know there were a few smaller channels, but no larger channels really caught on to the story because I think a lot. Lacked a lot of substance. I didn't really take much interest in it back then because it was really a a smaller story in terms of you know the the bigger stuff that was going on uh, at the time. There wasn't really much there. I felt to make an entertaining video. Um, so, but then in sort of late 2019, um, she started to transition her content from gaming to reactions. Uh, namely anime reactions. So she would react to popular animes like uh, Naruto or My Hero Academia or Demon Slayer, and she would react to these popular animes almost in full, cutting very little out of the anime. I think like you'd be hard-pressed to find maybe five minutes that she's cut out. Uh, and she would react to the anime showing minimal reactions, showing the full anime visible in the corner. So the basically a violation of of the, the company's copyright um, in clear violation pretty much because she's pretty much reacting to the full episode with no commentary. Um, and, and that was, she got a lot of flack for that. Uh, but then uh, companies started to take notice and they started to think, oh, well, she's using our content in a way we don't approve of. This is our content. And because she's reacting to the full episode, we can we have the rights to this and we can take it down. So TV Tokyo that owns the rights to Naruto um they struck her channel down um, with a with a mass amount of DMCA takedowns, and her channel was suspended for copyright infringement. And it was later restored by YouTube, um, and and this large speculation there, uh, pretty much confirmed by Susie in her response video, was that YouTube broke safe harbor law in order to reinstate her channel. So there was a lot of controversy that was going on around that time about her, you know, her channel getting taken down and restored. And um, that was pretty much what put her on, on my radar in terms of sort of the modern, uh, in terms of like the, the newfound uh, videos on her. It, it's, it's very much the, the, her taking other people's content um, and then having her channel removed and reinstated against what is the US law. So there was a lot that uh, there was a lot of that happened before in chapter one. And then chapter two was this whole situation. It was uh, anime stealing hours. That was pretty much where it all escalated into the into the into the situation we have now. And there were a lot of sort of smaller things that happened. Um, and then just one more thing I want to touch on, probably chapter three, uh, was that she had been exposed for 
uploading uncut anime reactions to her Patreon. So, oh, that's I don't right. Know. Yeah. Yes. So, so I'm not sure if uh, you know. Obviously, Creator Unknown has a Patreon, but yeah, I, you're not really allowed to upload full animes onto Patreon for people to pay for. That's generally not how it works. You can't do that because that's a violation of copyright. uh, But she was reacting to the full anime visible in the corner. On her YouTube video, she has to turn down the opacity on the video so it wouldn't get picked up by YouTube's Mm -hmm. copyright bot. But on Patreon, you don't have that. So she just reacted to the full episode with the anime visible at full opacity in the corner. No cuts, no pauses, just the full thing. Um, and I want to I want to be clear about what's happening in these videos, because when uh, all of this renewed again and you and some other people uh, we know started talking about Susie Lou again, when uh, when the copyright uh, on, on reaction videos, when that situation really started to heat up again, uh, I hadn't seen one in in a, in a long time. I I just had some time to kill. I'm like oh, I'll pop some of these on, see what's up. Well, look. Here's what happens in these reaction videos. Uh, Susie is in about two thirds of the screen. It's her face. And then in the bottom corner, I'd say probably the bottom 25% of the screen. Is that fair? Yeah. Uh, Is a window that streams the anime that she's watching. And the whole video is really just Susie's face as she watches the TV show. (laughs) Um. That that's really all I saw, and it, it it sounds like oh, reaction channel is going to be uh, commentary over the the show. Uh, it's going to be pausing with some analysis. It's going to be this very dynamic experience. That that isn't what was happening in these videos. It was no, somebody watching the show, occasionally lifting their eyebrows when something was happening in the show. Uh, you know, laugh here and there, a couple little comments, uh, but. But really, no analysis. Nothing. No, no. Not. It wasn't like mystery science theater where you've got the the riff tracks uh, over top of a, a funny movie. You know, no. It really was just somebody watching a show, and that show was pretty easily visible, even with the opacity turned down. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not a whole lot different from uh in the '90s when people would take a, a video recorder into a movie theater and like. You know, video, uh, videotape a movie and then sell the bootleg on the street. And you can hear them laughing and like see them shaking as they, they watch the movie and have natural reactions, but it's not like they're transforming the content in any meaningful way. And that's, I really want everybody listening to this to understand that that's what we're dealing with. It's not, it's not just a, a group of people like John and others saying, well, Susie isn't isn't a dynamic content creator. It's kind of lazy to react to something. No, no, no. That's not their argument at all. Uh, it's mm-hmm. is it appropriate to flat out stream content that somebody else owns? In this case, outfits like uh, TV Tokyo. Is that right? Yeah, TV Tokyo. Yeah, outfits like uh, like TV Tokyo, uh, who who own that content and presumably are trying to get by and make a living streaming it legitimately on other platforms. So it's a pretty dicey thing. I mean, I could, uh, you'd think that I was maybe going about it the wrong way. If, uh, if I had a YouTube channel where I just like streamed Netflix movies all day, you, you may not 
really pay for Netflix. If you could just pop up my channel, you'd have to put up with my dumb reactions and my face. But so what? So what? You get yeah. to watch the thing. Exactly. It's 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 free anime. And uh, it, it's, yeah, yeah, I think you explained it very well. I have nothing against reaction channels that do it properly. There are many examples of reaction channels that do this, uh, you know, properly. Uh, I know there's lots of music reaction channels that go into in-depth about, you know, they react to a full album, but they provide analysis and, um, you know, actual- Lost in Vegas. Yeah, one of yeah. my favorite channels. I love those guys. And when they started, especially too, you know, they, they were super raw and they would pop on tracks that they'd never heard before and just react to them. And I have, oh God, I love so, so many of those videos. Uh, and there's one where a guy's listening to Leonard Skinner's Freebird for the first time in his life. And seeing that moment is about like, it has the majesty of watching a baby being born in the delivery room. It's that amazing <laughs> to hear somebody access Leonard Skinner for the first time in their life. So it's a really cool genre when done right, as you as you say. Hmm. Um, but that's that's not what was happening here. And then on top of it, uh, it seemed like there were some petty, petty little issues along the way, like uh, uh, taking down. It was it a tweet that you had that that had a, a public Instagram photo of hers. What happened there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she, she, um, I didn't include this bit in the video. I had to cut it out for, um, I, I, I have to, I have to be very careful how I phrase this because I don't want uh, the podcast to be flagged because I'm sure Susie Lou oh, is uh, probably true. listening right now. You never know. She, she's keeping an eye on everything I do. She's constantly checking, checking <laughs> everything. So I need to, I need to be how sure. Do know, how do you like, know she's not in the room with me? How do you know I, she's uh, not in the room with look me at right this now? Point, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, you know, she she's she's everywhere watching me. Uh, any anywhere I misstep, she might she might come after me. So I have to be very careful. But I posted a, a public Instagram photo of Susie Lou on my Twitter um, with some. Uh, this some, is one and, that she posted yeah, herself on her, on her account. Instagram. Yep. So okay. she posted okay. it. It was like from six months ago, and she uh, I analyzed the size of a certain body part on that photo. I'm not really allowed to say what body part it was. Um, because apparently Yushi doesn't like it when I say it, but it, it's it's a so, certain a certain part. Um, if you go below the hair, it's like it's like that. Uh, you know, below the, the eyebrows, below the hairline, below the hairline. So it's yeah. below the hairline on the front. Yeah, 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 exactly. So and it's, above uh, the eyebrows, above the eyebrows. Yeah, it's it's that thing. Okay, I'm not allowed to say because the word. John, you make me <laughs> nervous when when you're like, oh, I can't say this on YouTube. They're going to come down when I start talking about this woman's body parts. Anybody who's not familiar with your Susie Lou saga is going to think the worst here that you're doing this pervy, pervy analysis that is <laughs> shameful, and it it absolutely is not. Uh, it, it was analyzing the size of a body part that that you otherwise no reasonable person would think uh w would be a hot button issue but it certainly yeah. turned into one for you yeah it, it, it's it blew up a lot more than i expected because it was a very it wasn't really supposed <laughs> to be taken very seriously it was it was a joke uh and and yeah. she didn't she didn't really like that uh you know i i, I think it's if a she, joke others have made uh like yeah, I mean, um, it's happened little, since little bits about yeah. Jack's films, his his equivalent body part has been yes. the subject of some uh, oh, of this well, commentary we can, before. We can say in relation to him, surely, because he's fine with it. Um, the the Jack's films, the Jack's films, f are we allowed to? The Jack's films, f 
We allowed to say it. Surely we allowed to say it in relation to Jack's films. Or we you know, not like we that. should we should beep it out. We should beep it out. Yeah, for yeah, dramatic okay. Effect. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. I agree. Um, the the Jack's films, the Jack's films, uh, bit below the hairline above the eyebrows yeah there's 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 yeah. a lot of jokes made by other creators about this specific uh body part and um mm-hmm. you know she obviously is not a big fan because she took down my tweet with a privacy complaint <laughs> for using a public instagram photo and uh putting some putting some measurements uh on top of it so that was kind of uh that was kind of a, a shock in terms of you know what lengths she would go to to try and get a video, to try and get any amount of criticism towards her taken down. And I'm not really sure what she thought would happen because it just made the situation blow up even more. And more people started it retweeting really and it's the snowball effect started. Back then, that was while I was making my video, um, that's when it started, I think, when it really started, when that tweet came down. Then everyone started to take notice of, of uh, what she was doing. Um, it really was like shooting a flare into the sky to the people who follow uh, commentary channels to say, Hey, by the way, that thing you were just about to ignore because it was pretty insignificant as far as drama and commentary go. Um, yeah, just blast that flare in the air uh, because you should pay attention to this thing right here. Exactly. Uh, you know, was, pop was, the smoke grenades and yeah. pay attention. It's try sound effect in action. I mean, she was trying to hide that, but then Basically, what happened was I decided, okay, well, I'm not going to use her face. I'm just going to crop out everything that's not her face and post the the actual measurements instead without any face. So I did that, and it was just a, a photo of uh, of the measurement section of, of that of that image. And then her, all her replies started spamming with the image, and I'm not sure what she thought was going to happen. But it would have been an extremely small situation. It would have got maybe 200 likes on Twitter, and that would have been it. But because of this, it got spammed everywhere and everyone's starting to know the size of this specific body part and now if i say to anyone in my in my audience 8.12 centimeters 3.1 inches they know exactly what that means it's it's uh <laughs> it's it's it's, it's, it's very we, interesting. we need to clarify now that you're talking eight centimeter three inch territory we need to clarify that this is below the hairline and above the eyebrows yes. it is not a sinister place no no, it's 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 not it's not in any way a sinister place, and it's it's a joke that's been going on since, as far as I can tell, at least twenty sixteen. Um, there's there's been jokes about this specific body part going on on Twitter and on in videos, and it, it's been a running thing that's happened f- since forever. And uh, it's not really anything new that we were bringing forward, and it's it's just it's amazing how if this one little thing catapulted. I can assure you, if I search up the word in my YouTube comments, I'll maybe have, mm, I'm thinking probably about f- over 500 easily um, of, of comments just talking about it. Uh, and it's 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 amazing how the stry sound effect really did show in this situation. Um, it, it's just to, when they tried to censor it and make it, you know, unsearchable. It just made it more searchable. And I believe, do I actually going to check? Because it used to be, if you search Susie Lou, it was the first autocomplete result. It still is. If you search Susie is Lou right really? now on YouTube, Susie Lou, it will be the first autocomplete result. So if you're on YouTube right now, go try it. <laughs> Susie Lou, oh. it will be the first autocomplete result when you search it. Uh, and um, it, it was, uh, yeah, it, that was... 
it's it's just become such a it's just a big topic now when she tried to hide it and if she didn't do that it would have been it would have been a very insignificant thing and if nothing would have come of it it, it would have been a blip yeah it would have been yeah. uh, a, a little whiff of a uh, little puff of smoke that gets blown away with the breeze right exactly, uh, exactly but i do want a commitment from you as you talk about this i want an explicit commitment from you that if if something happens to you if uh if john swan reaches his demise and i i hope you live a long happy profitable life john swan but <laughs> if you don't if you don't can we make sure that the epitaph on your tombstone says here lies john swan the man who made 3.1 inches famous we can i'm sure we can i'm sure we can uh, we could arrange that uh would your family be okay with that um, I don't know. It might be it might be a bit contested, but I'm sure you can convince them. Um, because we can't put any more context on the tombstone. Uh, it's it's limited real estate, so we have to keep it short. Yeah, and yeah. that's what I I think is best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I think that I think that might be a good. Uh, that might be a good one. I I I would agree with that. Um, what could possibly go wrong? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. I don't see any way that could go wrong. It's uh, obviously it, it'd be hundred percent so fine. <laughs> <laughs> so you put all of this together, okay? And in it, it it's crazy that you've distilled it down and you really have. Like you took this down to the basics and it yeah. still was a 15-minute affair to to relay the tale here. And, yes. and you faithfully gave the severely abridged version. Uh yeah, still 15 minutes. Yeah, it's so, it's there's uh, a lot there. Um, there's so so there's much so and much, so much that you of, couldn't put in your videos yeah it's there's more there's even more and it, it, there's it keeps on the thing about the situation there's a, it never really stops like and now i think probably it's starting to slow down a bit but this was one of the longest pieces of drama that i've ever seen i think this has been going on for almost two months like i mean since that tweet was taken down it's yeah. been over two months so it, it's gone on forever and it just doesn't stop and this is one of the few situations where stuff keeps on happening and uh i'll probably go into that a, a little bit later on what wants sort of what are, what are the new things happening in this sort of situation but it never actually it's never stopped um and i think that's that's it's quite amazing how long it's been able to last and people haven't really gotten bored of it. I know the, the quartering is, no, is uh, one of the channels that, that are still making update videos on this and he's still getting like consistently like 300k views on his videos. It just, it, it doesn't, mm. it, people are really like invested in this, in this story now and they're wanting to see, okay, when's the next update? What's going to happen next? And, uh, I, I think uh, probably I can share some stuff uh, at the end of this whole talk about the Susie Lou stuff on what's uh, new information that I've received and what might happen to her. Oh, interesting. I mean, mm. there there is so much more here. There's a name, by the way, involved in this whole affair that you haven't even mentioned. And I don't know if you want to. Ah, uh, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't think. Oh, actually, but, actually, it's it's been above of a public a public thing now that I can probably say it. Uh, but I, I can't say what was what was said in the, in the messages. But I can I can confirm that uh, actress Lindsay Lohan is actively involved in the situation. <laughs> and I know that sounds crazy. And believe me, when I saw that follow in my notifications, <laughs> I was like, "What the hell is this?" At first, I thought, "Okay, there's no way this must just be a bot that's doing this," because a lot of large Twitter accounts they have like a a bot that follows people, and then they unfollow them after a certain time if they don't follow them back, and that's how they gain followers. So I thought, "Okay, maybe Lindsay Lohan has some sort of a bot setup." But then I go and look at her followers, and she only follows 750 people. 
And I'm one of those 750 right, with, people. With like, how many is she following? A million or like millions, isn't it? Several millions million. following her. I think it's like one yeah. point. F- no, I think it's eight million. Like, is, is, it's, it's a lot. lot. Yeah, it's gaudy. Uh, Lindsay, it's like Barack Obama check. territory. Yeah, Lindsay Lohan. It's eight point six million people following her, and she follows seven hundred and fifty-two, and I'm one of them. Still one of them. Uh, and she basically she followed me, and about twenty minutes later, I started. To, I got a, a message from her. And I'm not really allowed to say what the message said, I don't think. But I think it's that's pretty fine, clear right yeah. now, just looking through the Twitter stuff that's been going on, that Lindsay Lohan is actively involved and actively invested in the Susie Lou story. And it, it's, it it's seems quite like amazing. She, yeah, it seems like she uh, it just caught her eye and, and she thought, hey, something not great is going on here. Uh, yeah. I'm going to you know stick my fingers in that pie. Yeah, yeah, and I think uh, I think she will be. It's, it's very interesting how that's all kind of unfolded. And she's uh, since she followed me, she's followed a whole lot of other figures in the in the commentary community. And I know uh, Augie RFC, which is one of the other people involved. Instead of the he's a he's a YouTube streamer, and he does a lot of uh, every every weekday. He does a stream. Uh, it's on Twitch now because he. Oh, there's another Susie Do thing that I'll probably go into later. But his channel has been. Uh, <laughs> channel has been demonetized um and right. um, she will go into the harassment stuff a little bit later on that but it's um he's streaming on twitch now and he got a uh he got a follow as well from from lindsay lohan and uh apparently uh, because uh, if you watch on periscope it tells you uh no sorry if you watch on twitch i think it tells you who's watching and um okay it, it's uh, he saw she lindsay lohan made an account just to follow him on twitch Oh, wow. So, so oh, she made cool. an account and then she hovered over her name and it said new account. So she just made the account uh, just to follow him on Twitch and watch the stream, which she was. She's invested. She's I invested. Like she's clearly invested, not just in this situation, but in the whole drama scene. And, and this is the first time I can recall where an actual mainstream celebrity has been so bored in quarantine that they've started to binge YouTube drama videos and gotten involved in the commentary community. It's something quite amazing that I've never quite seen happen before. And uh, right now, I, the who she's following in, in my community uh, it would be me, uh, The Quartering, which is another sort of uh, drama channel. She's also following Augie and Nicholas Diorio. Uh, Scarce, John Scarce, YouTube News Channel. Mm-hmm. She's also following, I just saw there, I think, Jeb Josh Pescator, another news person, and okay. uh, Tipster as well, which was one of the people originally targeted by Susie Liu. So she's following all these people in the commentary committee, and it's really weird how, because we're all kind of a niche genre, I would say, in terms of like not a lot of people know who, you know, Tipster or Nicholas Diorio is. Um, they're kind of very niche sort of commentators uh, in the sphere. And uh, they've she's, she's just found them and followed them. And I would assume keeping up to date with all the situations that's going on, which is quite amazing. I never would have thought that would have happened, but it has. And I think that's, it- yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> I never quite expected it. Ne- I would never in no. a million years have expected it, but it's happened. And that's one of the defining moments of quarantine for me when I think about it, because one day, uh, and this was, it must've been mid, mid March, late March when that, that happened, or was it early April? I don't know. It was a while ago. Who knows what time is anymore, but it was a while ago. And I wake up in the morning and I wake up pretty early, uh, at this point I wake up, I'm kind of groggy. The sun is not quite out. And I, I check my phone, I open it up and I've got DMs from you saying 
Lindsay Lohan followed me. It's about Susie Lou. What is happening? Yeah. And I, it, <laughs> I'm like, there's just what, what, what happened as I slept? How is this reality? Yeah. And I, I'm like, <laughs> I can't go to the grocery store because they're out of half the things I want. And, uh, everything is weird and I haven't seen anybody, uh, in a long time. And uh, then I wake up and Lindsay Lohan is DMing John Swan about yeah. Susie Lou. Like we're officially in strange territory. Yeah. This is, this is, uh, very very strange um and i think anyone would would uh you know would 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 agree with me in saying that it's unprecedented the this this situation and i think that's kind of where things said to me okay well this is when things are going to start happening like action is going to be taken on the video that i made um but i think we we kind of have to backtrack a little bit as well because i think we got a bit a bit of ahead of ourselves instead of the timeline that happened. Um, but I, because I made my first video on Suzy Lou, um, it got 75,000 views. And then um, my video was removed by YouTube for harassment and bullying under the harassment policy. Um, okay. That was- so what, what did you do that violated the harassment and bullying policy yes. so- in, in YouTube's view? Yep, yep. So uh, to give a bit of context to this, the uh, the analyzing of the body part was uh, I made a short little section that I was going to include in the main video um, on my second channel. I uploaded it kind of as like a teaser for the video, kind of like uh, this is okay. like it's kind of like uh, this is what you, some of what you you will gonna you're gonna see. So I uploaded that small mm-hmm. section to the second channel, uh, and then that video was removed for harassment and bullying. And I, I thought it didn't really violate the harassment policy because I wasn't really saying anything bad about the body part. I was just analyzing the size of it. So I thought, okay, this, this shouldn't, this shouldn't really be a problem, but apparently they did think it was a problem, but I didn't really dwell on it too much because I thought, okay, I disagree, but I can see how maybe, you know, a different reviewer would look at this and think, okay, this violates our policy. So I I, I tweeted about it and I uh, actually, in the video, I amended that whole section that I was going to include with the analyzing the size of, uh, size of this body part. And instead I talked about why the video was taken down and uh, how it was taken down and, um, you know, the contents of what was in there. But I didn't show any clips from it. I didn't, you know, go into it too much. It was very surface level and that was in the video that i uploaded the final full 33 minute video that i uploaded to the channel that was what i put in i didn't put in the original section and me analyzing the size of the body oh size of the body part i talked about how that whole situation went on um and do you think that was a legitimate do you think that was a legitimate strike by youtube do you think you violated those terms look Honestly, the second video, I really don't think so. And I'm going to, I'm going to probably, I'm going to stand by this for a long time. And I know people are, may disagree with me on this, but I really, really don't think that that video violated any of their harassment policies. But, you know, when you are a figure in the community and there is a video made about you that you don't like, and if you've got people at YouTube that, you, you know, you've confirmed, you've got people at YouTube that run strikes through for you, then... Any little thing that she could, you know, anyone could grapple onto, they'll take that, they'll amplify it up, make it a big deal. 
and then YouTube will take action on it. So it's the smallest thing, even mentioning that the body part exists is enough to get it taken down. And that's why I've been so careful with talking about it here. If it was anyone else, I think we would be fine. But it's really, it's just because it's a figure that is sensitive about this, this body part, obviously, because they've been taken down any videos that reference it and they've, uh, they amp up anytime it's mentioned and they, they take down videos containing that. And you're allowed to allude to it. So my response video, which, uh, she made a video calling me out and I responded uh, accordingly. I alluded to it. I, uh, you know, I implied that, you know, what it was that I was referring to, but I didn't say the word. And I think that's, that, that was fine but I wasn't allowed to say the word. So that that is, uh, I will, I'll never say, you know, I think this violated the policy. Maybe that first video uploaded to the second channel, maybe that did violate the policy. Okay, cool, that video was taken down. Warning, doesn't really matter. Second channel stuff, who really cares, right? But the main channel one, the one with 75,000 views, the one that, you know, was, was widely and universally regarded as one of the better videos on Suzy Lou, kind of, I do, I'm not really going to, take that and think, you know, this this was harassment in any way, because it really wasn't. And if you're going to take one little comment like that and say, you know, the whole video was harassment when, you know, I make reference to a body part, I'm not really going to, I'm, I'm not really going to agree with that in any way. But, you know, YouTube can men can mold their policy to whoever is complaining. And I think that's, uh, you know, that that's pr- pretty much evident here in this situation. This is murky territory, though. Uh, when when you start talking about harassment and and someone taking offense at something, because uh, this this scenario is a, is a really good example because we have exactly the same thing happening with another creator, Jax mm-hmm. Films, and I and I'm sure other people have had this body part highlighted. Uh, everybody has one, so there are a lot of opportunities for it. Yeah, but and it's uh, yeah, yeah. He, he he didn't really care, did he? So, no. uh, it it. It became a bit of a joke and everything was fine. Nothing happened. Well, Susie Lou obviously cared. And if that's causing her distress, why wouldn't it be harassment? Yeah, I mean, uh, as I said, I mean, I, I don't I don't know if she really is distressed that much about it. I don't know if that's that's true or not. I don't know. But um, you know, I, I tried in my appeals here, I said it, there's similar videos. That if they've talked about this on the platform before and they're fine, why is this a problem? They never, they never got back to me about that. But you know, uh, you know, again, again, I understand second channel video, sure. Main channel video where I'm talking about the video getting taken down, yeah, I, d- I don't know, I don't know how anyone could view that as uh, as harassment. Really, I don't know. I, I feel like that video was. Uh, fell within the guidelines, but you know, uh, I think uh, we'll probably talk about later about another creator that's recently been struck with this so that's just going on as we speak um so so yeah youtube's terms clearly change depending on on who it is how do you proceed with content then if if the rule is written a certain way and it may or may not apply not not so much because youtube is is deciding whether somebody takes offense to it or is is feeling harassed by it uh but but the creator is how do you proceed with content if you can say 
the same thing about two people and one is fine with it and the other is going to get your channel shut down with it. If, if that's what you do, if commentary is what you do, where you are picking apart personas and actions, um, really at a detailed level, uh, sometimes that includes uh, aesthetics because that's, that's really part of the game on YouTube since it's a visual platform. Mm-hmm. How do you, as, as one of these people, proceed knowing that something that seems completely innocent to you, or at least, if not innocent, acceptable under the terms, how do you proceed when you don't know uh, if it's going to be okay or turn into a serious problem for you. Yeah, it's really, really difficult because I think it depends a lot on who you're making videos on. So, if it's someone more well known, they they're not going to do anything. It's just it's just a it's just a, a fact at this point that if it's a very large creator, I'm talking like maybe you know two mil subs up, they're not really going to care what videos you make. Um, I mean, aside from from a from age through age three, which I think we can go into later, but you know they <laughs> they, uh, they most people wouldn't really care. They wouldn't really be flagging videos and and doing that sort of thing. So um, yeah, it, it's it, it really does depend on who you make videos on, and if you know who you're making a video on, you can change the content to overcorrect for things like this. So um, basically, what this what this displayed to me was you can't. Not, it has to be pure criticism content. Otherwise, there's going to be a problem. So you can't make jokes anymore about physical appearance or you can't make, you know, uh, right. jokes, you know, ripping on someone's, um, you know, ripping on, on something personal, I don't think, anymore. Um you know, you, you right. Any inherent characteristics, yeah. Like any inherent characteristics, anything physical, in, ethnicity, yeah, um, sexuality, anything that that is inherent to the person is is off limits at this yeah, point. It's off limits, and even saying that like you hate someone uh, and that you know you hope bad things happen to them, that's also a, a you know a violation. We've seen that recently with Leafy, which we'll probably go into later. But it's it's there's a. Uh, there's there's so you have to be sure about who you're making a video on if you know that then you can play around the guidelines and instead of um make sure that you're not violating anything but it's it's tricky territory but you can still make an entertaining video without including that stuff in there it doesn't really change the points it just changes how much you're allowed to express yourself and how many jokes you're allowed to make um because you can still make jokes just as long as they don't violate the policy so you just got to be careful about what you joke about and how you joke about it. And if you do that and, and that- you do it properly, then you're going to be fine. But you just need to pay attention to that because we can't be as liberal as we used to be because of the changing landscape of the platform. And it's really sad to see that happen and cherish videos getting taken down, you know, iDub's content cop on Leafy taken down. And it, that was one of the one of the saddest moments for me was seeing cherish things like that removed from the platform because of new policy. And it's really sad, but, you know, YouTube basically said with that video, this is what's not allowed. You're not allowed to make fun of people's appearances. And this was, you know, one of those situations and we can't let that stand. And uh, that was evident in my video. You're just, you're not allowed to talk about it. Just don't talk about it at all. Because if you do, 
probably what their argument would be. It brings attention to it, and bringing attention to it is something that we don't want. So that would that would uh, be their argument. I don't agree with that. Obviously, I don't think it violates their terms explicitly, but if they were to justify it, I'd imagine they'd say something like that. So you're not really allowed to bring attention to anything like that anymore. But you can still make an entertaining video without it, and it's not a absolute disaster, but it's sad. It's sad to see, you know, videos that we, we, we loved getting removed when, you know, we don't think they should have been. But unfortunately, with advertisers being as fickle as they are nowadays and, you know, you know, things things always moving in in the world of the corporate corporate google offices you know th- things are going to start becoming a bit more regulated in terms of what what is allowed and um you know i i hope one day that you know it'll change and maybe we'll we'll get some sort of a some sort of a, a clearer terms on what is allowed and what's not because the terms are very vague we don't really know what's allowed and what's not allowed if they if they explicitly stated it then it wouldn't be much of an issue but they don't and it's very vague and it could be open to interpretation and it's probably done that way you know with 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 intent because if they have a creator that doesn't like a video that's being made on them they can probably you know take those terms twist them a bit and take down the video so it's they're probably a left vague intentionally but I, I, you know, if they were a bit clearer, then, you know, it would be easier to work around those guidelines. But unfortunately, at the moment, we kind of just have to kind of just have to analyze who it is and then how we go about that, unfortunately. That's what you did really well with both of your videos and the live streams, uh, the, your whole coverage of the Susie Lou saga on this. You navigated uh, you, you really navigated a minefield of potential harassment claims oh, yeah. um it, it you just did that extremely well from step to step yeah at um, least from the at least from the first video from from there on out it was yeah. it was a smooth sale because then i knew what was not allowed because the first video was taken yep. down i was like okay i gotta cut off all mention to this and um you know in the in you know it, it's there, there, there was uh, the word was said in the live stream, but I think everyone straight after it was said say no, 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 no. This is unacceptable. This is not right. And I think probably that was okay. Um, if you say it's not right and you disavow, then then it's allowed. But you know we can't say it and then not disavow. It's kind of a a weird thing. But you know the live stream was cleared and it was clear for monetization as well <laughs> to monetize on that video. So that's the ultimate sign. Yeah, that's of, the ultimate sign. This content's okay. Isn't it? If they if they if they think it's okay for advertisers, then I think you're fine. Um, so it was it was definitely that that was that played an important role. Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, I I did navigate it after that first video was taken down. I knew what was not allowed, and I just I cut off all mention to that specific body part and then everything was smooth sailing from there on out well we're, we will put the links to both of the videos and you can link to the live stream as well in uh the archived live streams in the description so uh you can see the details here and and john didn't even didn't even go into uh a gentleman named stejo who's <laughs> he he's a pretty critical uh character in this this whole saga and and there's an entire arc that that has to do with him and and that's covered quite well in the video so we'll put those down in uh if you think you've heard all of it from john's detailed explanation you haven't you've gotten about 10 percent of it (laughs) there's so much more there's gonna be so much more there is and it's it's one of those situations where you know i could have made 
three, four more streams on it. But I was like, okay, this is enough. No more. No more talking about this woman, please. I'm done. Uh, but mm-hmm. but it's it's very, very, you know, the situation is constantly ongoing. And probably, you know, you know, in the next few days, there'll probably be another update somewhere. And I, I actually said on my Twitter, I'm not going to tweet anymore about this. This is all done unless something significant mm-hmm. happens. But then Steja, which is Susie's boyfriend. Then been, something significant been, happened, uh, as you knew it. We we all knew it would. Oh, yeah. And, and it will. We all knew something significant would happen within hours. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's it's always ongoing. And uh, there's, been, there's been a few things that I've acknowledged. You know, I've replied to tweets, but I haven't, like, tweeted out anything. Uh, I just kind of wanted to, I kind of wanted to let it rest and move on to the next video. But Steja, which is Susie Lou's boyfriend, has been, um, has been, uh, calling me out on twitter a lot recently and every time i've debunked everything he said and he keeps on going so i don't know what his logic is there but he he's he's, he's also in the room with me right now oh, oh uh, that's fantastic he's also he's listening, also stalking. monitoring yeah 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 he likes to monitor my tweets uh he's constantly looking at them uh so that's uh that's an interesting one but yeah he's a he's a fascinating character and i go into him and his whole role in this in the live stream and uh in the in the in the two videos so that that was uh so it's a long saga with him but we'll stick with Susie lou for now because she was the the main individual it's a wonderful it's a wonderful introduction into what commentary is um what some of the big issues in commentary are and how creators like john really do navigate this extremely complex ever-changing system of of rules that youtube applies eh, I, I i can't even think of a word because it, it's so murky the language itself to describe it is so is is so murky like it's not even just inconsistent sometimes it's extremely consistent uh if you look at it a certain way if you look at it a different way it makes no sense yeah uh, but Going through this whole thing, uh, watching John's videos, you'll, you'll you'll get a sense of just how crazy all of this is, and how it can affect different types of content, yeah. other creators on the platform, and who you're going to be able to see. Well, I want to go into the baby gang and infantry questions yes. because most of them play off the two topics that you that you've discussed at length here. Um, I'm looking through them because they bounce around a little bit. I want to make a little bit of sense out of them uh, because it's changed as our conversation has changed. But since you just mentioned Susie and we talked about how long this saga went on, how complex it was, how detailed it is and continues to be James, who is uh, a fellow Australiaite. That's the Mm -hmm. the actual word for you people, isn't it? Uh, Yes, obviously. Um, Australiaites, yes. Uh, James has a really good question here. He says, I want to know what John Swan thinks of people calling him out for beating a, a dead horse or milking Susie <laughs> for views. Because I saw you get a lot of that. Yeah. Uh, you know, one video, you have a big video. It goes well. Everybody knows the story. Uh, and then the live streams happen. Then she responds. Then you respond to her response. And when you get a couple chapters deep into this, some people did say, uh, okay, move on. You've you've said your piece. We understand what's 
a problem with Susie. Uh, just it's cruel at this point mm. and there's no sense in it. What do you say to those people? Yeah, that there's been a specific group of people, uh, specifically one group of people that have been uh, calling me out on this. And uh, it's 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 an interesting argument, but I don't know if it holds that much weight in terms of the general scheme of things, because if you think about it from a journalistic point of view, um, my video just similar to a to a journalist story um, was bringing light to a certain topic, um, exposing the person and the people that have been making these things. And like a journalist, I have to deliver updates when new stuff happens. I didn't want to make a second video, and I said that on my Twitter as well. I didn't want to make a second one. It was it was really just like I wanted to be one video and to for, for things to end, but. Things kept on happening, and uh, I was, you know, I was still on the fence and whether to make my second video. And then Susie Lou called me out in a video and said things that were untrue about me. And at that point, I was like, okay, well, she's basically she she slandered me basically in a video. So I've got to you're forced. Into I'm a forced into a response because point. I've I've got to give I've got to give my rebuttal to what she says about me. So uh, I did that. And then just more stuff kept on coming. Uh, uh, anime companies have started to take notice of Susie Liu. I think this is probably the, the update to the drama um, that I mentioned at the beginning. Anime companies have started to take notice. They've struck down videos on her channel already. Um, they've, I know, Rachel Messer, which is an anime voice actress in, um, in that's been working for Funimation. Oh, yes. She is directly... Right, I saw her on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, she's yep. directly involved with this, and she made a tweet the other day uh, heavily implying that she has been, she's been in contact with the legal team at Funimation, and they are not very happy Yeesh. with Susie Liu's content. Yeesh. So she, I know for a fact through one of my sources, yes, I have sources. That's how big this thing is going. It's insane. I've got sources <laughs> uh, uh, from specifically TV Tokyo and people affiliated with TV Tokyo that they are taking action against her content. Uh, her Patreon was suspended for violation of TOS because of DMCA takedown notices. I think she's received three lots already in the past few months um, from TV Tokyo. Um then it's then it's a new lot from TV Tokyo on her YouTube channel, and um, Funimation is now taking notice as well. So everything just keeps on happening and ramping up, and that's the reason I have to keep on making updates and live streams and and tweets about it because stuff doesn't doesn't stop. And you know, if you look at it from a journalist's point of view, anytime when there's a little update on a story, a journalist will pump out a new article on it because to to keep people updated on the ongoing story. So that's how I look at this. People can disagree, of course, but that's uh, I'm just delivering updates. And I did say, you know, if, unless there's something significant, I'm not going to be tweeting anything more about it. And nothing much significant has happened, so I haven't tweeted much about it. Um, so there's uh, I, I I wanted to, to end at this point. At this point, I said it on Twitter, and I'll say it here. Um, there's not much that I can add because at this point, it's in the hands of the anime companies or everything that I wanted to happen in terms of getting that reaction content off YouTube, um, because I think it could have major implications for the platform as a whole if that content's allowed to stay up and allowed to stay monetized. Um, if that content is uh, not claimed, uh, that's what I wanted to happen. I wanted that off YouTube, which has happened, and I wanted that off Patreon, which has happened. So that's uh, basically what I wanted to happen has already happened. And now it's just in the hand of the anime companies at this point. And I go into more about in the live stream about, you know, my reasons for, for all that kind of stuff. But 
you know, at this point, there's not much I can add. So unless something happens, like unless legal action is taken, then um, you know, I'm I'm not going to tweet any more about it. I've I've said um, I've made the the commitment that unless she gets sued, I'm not going to make another video. So if she gets sued, I'll make the final trilogy, and that'll be it. That'll be the that'll be the the end of it. And if she gets if she loses, of course, I'll have to do something as well. But uh, if she gets sued, then I'll make another video. But until that point. No more on the Susie Lou story, because that is as much as I can say. This is great because we can you can generalize what you've just said about the Susie Lou situation to answer Isaac's question. Uh, Isaac asked, at what point do you stop caring about or covering a story? And is it when it turns into a childish back and forth uh, when you think a story won't get as much of a response or something else? Um, you You pretty much said... When it's dead, it's it's dead, and that's when it's done for yeah, you. It's, on on Susie, there Lou. is uh, the the way I cover like topics and stuff. Um, I don't know if I'll stop. Um, like, if, for example, if it's an ongoing topic and I've made a video, um, I don't really like to make response videos. I think it's I think it's really I don't know. I, it's not I'm not a big fan because uh, I don't like the back and forth. But at this point, it was kind of it was kind of necessary to do. There was no real way around it, so I had to do it. But it was um, I don't really like that that whole way. But that uh, when it's when I stop caring is when the viewers stop caring pretty much like uh mm. it's my threshold of of how much i'm able to handle is uh as much as the viewers are able to handle and you can see that reflected in real time um just a few a few like a week ago my video my channel was getting 50,000 views every 48 hours and now it's getting half that so it's it's slowing down now and viewers are starting to you know become sick of it and i think i'm sick of it and i'm moving on to the next topic i've already started writing and producing and all that kind of stuff weeks ago but there's been more updates since then so that's kind of when i lose interest is when the the viewers start to lose interest as well it kind of goes hand in hand there do you think that's a good general rule for other channels though so for example let's talk about that uh the and ethan yeah. war at at what at what point should people stop caring about that when should they stop paying attention to these two old guys feuding <laughs> on mostly Twitter and and occasionally launching a nuke via YouTube. Yes, uh, nuclear war. It's, it's uh, at this point, uh, most drama situations that I've seen, they run their course in about three weeks to a month. That's generally the cycle, and then something else picks up. So Susie Lou ran for a long time, um, but there was also nothing in between, really. Uh, it was really weird. There was nothing going on in, like, April at all. It was kind of just Susie Lou. You're right. It really was pretty dead. It was pretty just... Wasn't pretty, I can't think of anything significant. No, and it was, it was really... I think that's what gave the, the Susie story a lot of momentum as well. But there was not much else to cover. And, um, you know, the, it, that kind of... You know, it's, this cycle went on for a lot longer than, than it usually does because of that as well. And uh, but in March, then we had the Pokemon drama that just happened, and we had uh, now the Keemstar stuff and the Ashu stuff is happening, and that's kind of taken the forefront and left Susie and Stejo behind. Um, so that that's kind of when the drama is replaced by a different drama is when viewers stop caring as well. Viewers stop caring when other stuff becomes relevant again because YouTube drama does kind of work in a three week to a month cycle. Every three weeks to a month, there's new drama, and every now and again. 
you start to see drama overshadowing other drama. So uh, a good example of this was the James Charles drama that happened, a big cancellation party back last year. Uh, James Charles got massively right. cancelled um, on Twitter and everywhere else, usually because of the Tully Westbrook stuff. And then Pro Jared came along and kind of swept that under the rug for a lot of people because that was a bigger deal. It was it was just a bigger deal for a lot of people. Um, you know, you know the the uh, the allegations that were put forward were a lot more substantial in the case of Pro Jared than they were in the James Charles situation, yeah. and that took the forefront. Right. And it basically, I think, it saved James Charles to a certain extent because it's uh, it's it's it, drove the 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 hate mob away from him and onto pro jared instead it, it every now and again you get these overlapping dramas and it's really really difficult to navigate your way through them because of um you know all the all you know you, you've got two ongoing situations and it's difficult to divvy up your time but right now we've got uh definitely Susie lou was the drama of uh March and April, and now of uh, now they're into the end of May. Keem Star vs H three H three is going to go on probably until mid mid um, mid uh, June. Mid June is probably my prediction. That's going to be a big one, unless something really nuts happens. That one's going to dominate for. It's going to dominate for a little while, and it's going to be here probably for a, for a good while until mid April. Videos are starting to come out now, by the way. So I know Turkey Tom plans to have one tonight so i think around now yeah. is when we should be seeing one happening um yeah, there is there's going to be videos popping up i know that i think they're making two parts that was there's a collaboration nicholas diorio and techie tom are collaborating on that one and they're making two parts on that mm-hmm. i'm guaranteed other commentators have got videos coming out the the cycle will go on for a little while before viewers start to lose interest but i think by mid to the end of june it's going to start being yeah, replaced by something else because that's how it always goes Kevin with an E, not to be confused <laughs> with the Lieber. Uh, yeah, Kevin's Kevin with an E is is awesome and has been with us since pretty much day one. Um, he his question plays off on on what you were just talking about with kind of the general drama cycle, and he asked, "Was there really this much drama ten years ago, or mm. is that just an illusion?" Uh, was Oh, and also was the resurgence in in some of the drama like Keem and Ethan uh, was did that have anything to do with the return of Leafy? Yeah, uh, I'm glad we got to get to talk about Leafy because that's a whole side <laughs> in and of itself, isn't it? Um, yes, it is. And I'm going to combine this before before you go on. Andrew also he just flat out wanted to know what your thoughts were on Leafy making a comeback. Yeah, okay, all of this stuff is kind of kind of related. Yeah, fantastic. So, yeah, let's fantastic. We, we can we can definitely combine that. What was the first part of the first question? Sorry, I've, it's gone out of my head. Oh, whether drama like this yeah, was yeah, happening ten years, ago. Yeah, 10 yeah, years okay. ago on YouTube, um, or whether it's a manufactured yeah. thing. I don't think it's manufactured because the drama is very much genuine and who is invested in, you know, Ethan and, and H3 actually genuinely dislike each other. So I don't think it's manufactured, but I think it's, I do think there was much less 10 years ago because I think there was just much less controversy to build off. Like uh, nowadays you've got, you know, Ethan's video was going back to situations five plus years ago. um, And, you know, Keemstar doing the same thing, situations five plus years ago. 
and you've got all these things building up. But 10 years ago, YouTube was in its infancy. There wasn't really much there for people to make videos on. It was very much a beginning platform. There was no sketchy past to dig up. Um, I think there very much was less <laughs> right. drama 10 years ago uh, because there wasn't really anything to make videos on. But nowadays, you know, you've got a long history on the platform with people doing many different things and you can call out people for doing many different things. And it, that whole scene has kind of changed because of, you know, just because of how time works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then, and then you've, and then you've got the leafy situation and um, leafy. I don't even know what to make of that at this yeah, point. Leafy coming back was a very much Keemstar wanted him to come back. Um, they've been friends for a while and, uh, and he wanted him to come back. I think to, to sort of shake up the YouTube, uh, the YouTube as we know it, because seeing Leafy come back is kind of a bit of an unprecedented thing. He never really showed much interest in it, but I think now he's, uh, he's kind of, he kind of likes the attention. That's what I think, but he's, he's, he's back and he's making videos and they're, they're not particularly very good videos, I don't think, but he's, He's, he's basically getting revenge on everyone that double-crossed him in the past, which is quite entertaining <laughs> to see. He's made videos on H3H3 and iDubs and uh, I'm Alex, which is the recent one. His video on I'm Alex was yeah. also removed for harassment and bullying. Seems YouTube was going out all out with this. Basically, one of the things I think the reason that was removed is because it just showed clips of uh, Alex having um, one of his videos a uh, while back of him having a mental breakdown on camera and he makes fun of him for that, and he says he wishes bad things happen to him, and he wishes nothing but the worst, and stuff like that. And I think that probably does violate the policy, to be fair. Um, it does. It, and Alex was very clear uh, on Twitter about how he did not take he did not move to take no, that he didn't move down. to take it down and he can't take it down anyway yeah. because i he doesn't have a youtube contact actually um alex doesn't have uh, a partner manager or anyone that he can use to take down those videos other than just flagging it normally which is probably not enough to take down that video someone at youtube but again youtube mm-hmm. really doesn't like leafy and they've displayed their dis- dissatisfaction for that there are some old videos from leafy that were also removed under the harassment and bullying policy we just didn't hear about them because uh leafy wasn't around but they were also removed and um, uh, back back when the first lot was removed. So the Filthy Frank um, and uh, IDub Saga, Leafy got put in with that as well. And I think one or two videos were also removed. Uh, but we just we just didn't hear about it because he didn't jump up a big fuss. But he, that was that what happened. YouTube clearly doesn't like Leafy and the seller content he makes, and I think that move was more anti-Leafy than it was pro-Alex. It wasn't about protecting Alex. It was about, you know, saying this content we don't allow. This is against what we believe as a platform. Um, That's where I think I stand on that. Leafy coming back, I don't really, you know, he can come back and he can do whatever he wants, but he mentioned at the end of that I'm Alex video that he finds it very... uh, funny how you know everyone has to go towards you know the new policy changes and he can just sit in a room for 10 minutes and laugh at them and uh you know he 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 can't even describe how that feels but then the, ironically that video where he talked about all the policy changes that other creators have to abide by that video was taken down for harassment and bullying so it's 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 kind of a it's kind of a testament to think you know leafy thinks he's almost untouchable i think he thinks oh i can make videos on whoever i want it doesn't really matter what i say but i think you know leafy is still a still a youtube creator and he has to abide by the same rules everyone else does um but that that's kind of where i um where I go off from that leafy stuff. Well, Chinchilla 
has a question uh, that that I think could be its own episode <laughs> because it's so nuanced and so important. And it's about your opinions on uh, on uh, whoops. <clears throat> it's about your opinions on drama involving relationships. Mm. So the examples he he threw out were pro Jared, who you yep. just mentioned. Uh, that was a really complex one. Um, it recently I dubs and call me yes. Carson. Uh, we've had we've had Ian and Carson on the podcast, and we absolutely love them to death. And it's weird to see their their personal lives be the subject of commentary videos and tea videos and a, every good and bad incarnation of both of those yeah. things. What's the difference there? It's a, because it's one thing when Susie Lou. Or somebody like her is, uh, in your opinion, violating a, a copyright statute or, yeah. or something. What what what's different when the issue is somebody's personal relationship? Yeah, I, I I've always been of the opinion that we should leave that stuff alone unless the creator is very open about talking about it. So in the case of Idubs, he made a whole video about his girlfriend, and yeah. I think that was their game because he literally made a video about it like i don't know how more direct you could get in terms of you know saying it's okay to talk about if he makes a video about it anyone can make a video about it that's what i say it's got to be fair fair game game at that point Um, sure call me carson i don't know about that one because he um he alluded to it on on a reddit thing and it was kind of out of the way but he did he did talk about it and I think that, uh, but he also stated that he didn't want it to blow up. So I think probably people should have respected that and left it. But again, he did, he publicly acknowledged it and he publicly stated that, you know, Katarino did cheat on him and he's publicly said that on Reddit. So, you know, in a sense, if you talk about it, I don't know how you expect people to not go off that and make videos about it. Like, I don't know what you expect the result to be. Um, if you don't want people to talk about it, don't mention it. Is, is well, that's what I think. But, you know, if, if the creator themselves is talking about it, I'd say that's pretty much fair game. And then at that point, like, if people are starting to catch on to it and it becomes a massive deal on Twitter or wherever, then, you know, obviously that's fair game. If it's a relatively small thing and no one's really talking about it, maybe you should just leave it if the person doesn't want that, you know, blown up into something huge. But if it is blowing up, then, you know, what can you do? That's just how it works, um, unfortunately. And the pro Jared stuff, I mean, that was public from the start. They publicly made responses and there were public accusations. So I think that was that was fair game as well in that in that sense that there was legitimate, like serious accusations being put out against people. Um that that was another situation where I think that was probably fair game. I don't know about the Call Me Carson one. That one's kind of a bit nuanced in terms of how that one that's yeah, a was tough a, that's one. a really tough one. Um but uh yeah, I, I really do think if you're going to talk about it, you know, I don't know what you expect to happen. Like, if you're gonna if you're gonna comment on it, people are going to pick it up and people are going to do stuff with that. But, um, you know, if you don't want stuff to to get, if you don't want relationship drama to get to that stage, just don't talk about your your relationship drama on the internet <laughs> because the internet just spreads well, that's everywhere. Fair. Yeah, but um, you know, I, I think content creators have a certain responsibility to maintain um, sensitivity when talking about those topics because they are quite serious and there's a lot of um, you know there's a lot that goes into that. But um, at the same time, I think you've got to be you've got to you've got to uh, you've got to understand that if it is public. I mean, what's going to stop people from talking about it? Like, uh, you know, not everyone's going to care as much as yeah, I think, you know, I don't think that Carson stuff should have been blown up to the amount it was. 
but um, you know a lot of people don't care as much as I do. And at this point, because it was blown up by other people that don't care, it's become too big to ignore at this point. Like, what can you do? There's not, there's not really, there's not really much you can do, unfortunately. But that's where I stand on that relationship stuff. Well, okay. Jeff wants to know. Uh, Jeff wants to know about people uploading others content. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, you know, that, that used to be such a serious problem because people would just rip videos, re-upload them. Now YouTube's very good at identifying other people's content and, and letting the claim yeah. process go through. Uh, but, but it still happens in, in roundabout ways. And uh, Jeff is a, a big Vsauce fan and, and he's noticed, you know, there've been times when, uh, he searches for a specific Vsauce 2 video and, uh, an, another channel has, has, you know, something that piggybacks way too close on the original content. Yeah. Um, what, what do you think about the state of that at this point? Well, look, I've, uh, as you probably gathered by the rest of the comments on this podcast, I'm a big lover of, um, you know, copyright law and fair use and, and that kind of area. And if you legitimately own the copyright to something and people are taking that and not transforming it in a way that is in line with fair use, then I think you have the right to take down that content. You have the right to claim ownership of that content. Um, if you can prove that the content was not transformed or, or you genuinely believe the content was not transformed enough and you own the rights to it, then you have the right to take down those videos or do whatever you want to claim your content because it is your intellectual property. As a creator, you you create something. It is your property. Um, you can you can do what you like with your property, and uh, that's kind of the you know you you definitely have the right to claim that content if if uh, other people are uh, are taking that down. Uh, I mean, if they if they're re-uploading that content, um, definitely that you should have the right to do that. Uh, I don't understand how other people think they have the right to take other people's content and use that. Something I've never really understood because there's nothing I'd ever do. But it's um, you know if if you if they are re-uploading content or piggybacking way too hard on the content, you know, script the, the script is that similar that you know you can tell it's from the from another video then. Um, you know, you should definitely be protecting your rights as a copyright owner. Yeah. Nexpert makes videos on dark internet media are kind of uh, going into uh, controversies, uh, you know, darkest things on the internet, that kind of thing. He had a channel copy his script and translate it into, I think, Spanish, and they took his entire video and just put the visuals over there and translated it to Spanish. So his visuals were directly ripped and the script was translated to Spanish. So that was clearly not fair use. And that's a really weird one. I've never seen that happen before. And what he actually did is he just he just emailed the people and they took it down themselves. So he said if they didn't take it down within, you know, 14 days, he would issue a strike. And they just took it down themselves because they didn't want drama to come from that situation. And I think that's a good way of kind of resolving that. If you can contact the creator and ask them to take it down, that's better than, you know, issuing a strike and, you know, that sort of thing. Base weight's question is equally important, and that is dogs or cats? Um, look, I'm more of a dogs person, but cats are good too. We, we recently got a, a, a kitten, so that's been fantastic. Uh, dogs over cats, but only what's slightly. That kitten's, what's that kitten's name, uh, the by kitten's the way? The kitten's name is Moustache. Uh, my my sister Mustache. decided uh, that would be the appropriate name. I was not a uh, I was not in I was not in love with the name. Uh, I will go on record. Does it have a little mustache? Um, no, that's the fascinating thing about it. So I don't really 
I don't really, I don't really get it, but you know that's that's her, it's her cat technically. I don't know. I think we look after it more than she does, but uh, that's the that's the uh, that's the thing. Uh, hey, yeah, dogs slightly over cats. That's my that's my that's my opinion on that. Well, you've covered so much ground on all of these things. The last question uh, that that Trev asks it, it really encompasses all of it, and and he. He said, with all the, the creator on creator content attacks, uh, which we've just covered a bunch of them and mentioned several more that are on the fringes and in the past, uh, and with DMCA issues, uh, community strikes, what you went through with Susie Liu, uh, with all of this combined, what is your big concern going forward? Uh, do you think there's going to be an alternative to YouTube that these concerns uh, just have gotten too big to deal with. And it's a critical moment at which another platform can emerge. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I don't think on the horizon, there's not going to be any alternative. I really don't think so. YouTube is such a diverse platform and to move creators to another platform is going to take some serious like reasons for people to do that, especially for viewers. Like creators, it would be an easy transition, I think, if the platform was well set up by an established company, you know, someone like Amazon or something like that. That would be an easy transition for creators. But it's not so much the creators that are going to have an issue with it as much as it is viewers. I don't think viewers would be very into, you know, having to view content on two different platforms. That's inconvenient. It doesn't work as well. They might be unfamiliar with the new platform because obviously, you know, YouTube has got intellectual property on YouTube and companies can't just outright copy what they've done. So they're going to need to change stuff around. They're going to need to make it their own. It's going to be a new platform if there is an alternative to YouTube. And it's, um, it's, it's going to be very difficult to replicate that or, gain as much traction as YouTube does. I don't think there's going to, not in the next few years, definitely not in the next few years, I don't really think ever going to be an alternative. We're going to have to stick with YouTube. But I really, I love YouTube. I really do. And I I, I hate to see things happening that I don't, you know, that, that put channels like me in in trouble on the platform i, I it's, it's very sad to see um but in the future of of commentary specifically i think we just got to be really careful how we approach topics um you know i've done that with the suzu drama uh, after the first video was taken down i knew what to say and what not to say and it's still made for entertaining videos and people are still viewing it and they're still you know you know going behind that and you know the video has over a million views now which is fantastic i never expected that to happen and um you know if you if you go about it the right way criticism and commentary can still be preserved but if people are going to start you know doing videos, you know, making videos that are harassment and YouTube is going to start cracking down and they're going to overcorrect like they always do. Um, you know, I don't think my first video should have been taken down, but YouTube likes to autocorrect or overcorrect. So it, that's going to be a problem if uh, if that continues happening. But for now, we just got to play it safe. We got to play it, play the game correctly. We're going to make sure that nothing we do explicitly violates policy we got to be careful um you know who we talk about and how we go about that and if we do it properly and we do it uh if we do it to a certain standard the commentary will have no problems existing on the platform we just need to make sure that it's done in a way that isn't destructive and i think that's that's really important that was a really extensive complete prophetic answer and 
I, I think about that question and how important it is to, to all of us, like truly anybody who watches any video, uh, it's not just the people who make them. It truly is about everybody watching YouTube and how it's, how it's going to be for them in coming years. So I think that's pretty important. Uh, but well, the next one, the final question here is, is going to make or break you. It has the capacity oh, to cancel you. Gird your loins and get ready oh. because uh, I, I thought we would have a question from Boromir, who uh, I, I don't think we got one from him, but I want to keep the streak alive of mentioning Boromir in all of our podcasts. So saying that he didn't have a question fulfills that that promise. But Isaac had one, and he wants to know, John Swan, what is your fursona? <laughs> oh, no. Um, <laughs> oh, dear. This is... This is, uh, this is um, <laughs> I, I, I'm, a, I'm, I am, a, I'm more of a feathery uh, than a than a fur, so it's it's very difficult to uh, to 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 classify that. Um, I, I'll need to investigate and come back to you on that one because that that is a that's an important question that I'm going to need to do more research on. Um, uh, you know, I will. <laughs> so what I'm hearing is definitely not a lack of, of commitment. It's really just a quest to get more information. That's why you're not going to say what your persona is. Yeah, it's it's a lack of knowledge on the subject. Yeah, it's not a straight up swan then. I mean, I thought of anybody we've talked to, uh, you have a natural segue into a specific yeah, persona. It's an interesting one because I don't know if a swan can be classified as a furry creature because they are. They are featheries, so I'm not sure if you, if you if you talk about my my feathery soda, then you know obviously obviously swan would be the natural choice, but uh, you know I don't know because it's a, it's a difficult classification there. I think uh, that's one up for 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 another podcast. I'm sure you'll you'll uh, you'll take up the opportunity there. First fur versus feathery. What are what are the debates there? I'm sure sure that would be a very interesting an interesting discussion to have. You know, on the highlights channel, I think we have something like 70 clips up going back to uh, really the beginning. And only one of them has limited monetization uh, out of all of those. Only one of them does. And it's Quackity talking about going into furry discords. And that is the <laughs> only thing that YouTube has had a problem with. Wow. So if we do talk about it in the future, we will keep it brief. <laughs> Can't mention it too much. YouTube doesn't like it. But yeah. When you, when, when you come back on the create unknown, uh, you need to have a persona chosen and worked out. And, and if Isaac doesn't hold you to that, I will. Yeah, yeah. So in the meantime, you have to think about that and come to a very real explicit conclusion. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It's a, it's an important question and, uh, I really should have had that one covered already. I should have had that one prepared, but unfortunately it uh, must've slipped under the radar there. So I, uh, I apologize, Isaac, but next time, next time I will have an answer. It's going to come up from somebody at some point. So you might as well have yeah, it in exactly, your back pocket exactly. ready to deploy. So you have a bunch of things coming out. I don't know if you're comfortable dropping the topic of your next video. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've You've already, already announced it on Twitter. So the next topic, the topic of the next video is someone that probably everyone would be familiar with. Uh, if you live in the US, definitely Chris Hansen, uh, Chris Hansen from To Catch a Predator, very famous NBC show. Uh, I'm doing a video on him and how his recent, 
return to the internet has been filled with a bit of a controversy. Um, there's, there's a lot that's gone on there. That's going to be quite an entertaining one. That should be coming out in the next few weeks. Some with uh, James Marriott, Slow Down, that's coming out on June the first. Um, so that's all. That's all happening. It's going to be. It's going to be some some good stuff coming out soon in the John Swan Cinematic Universe. We'll put links down for all of your platforms right in the description. But on YouTube, typing John Swan gets you there just fine. Uh, you are John Swan YT yep. on Twitter. John Swan YT right? everywhere, actually. So it's all it's all all the same. Not to be confused with the other John Swans in the world because they, they do, do exist. exist. There's actually there's actually another John Swan from Australia that's uh, the 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 brother of uh, Jimmy Barnes. And uh, when he search my when he search John Swan, he comes up in the sidebar. But I uh, before before the Susie Lou stuff, I was way below him, but now I've uh, kind of risen above. So that's very good to see. Uh, the real John Swan has to represent because uh, uh, you know he's not really making music anymore. So it's a bit sad. Well, you are the real exactly. John Swan exactly. now. I believe you've you've arrived and you've yes, claimed it for I, yourself I and for Australia. Yes, I agree. Maybe the entire Commonwealth. It, it, to be honest, uh, maybe the whole world at this point. It's 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 been a big accomplishment, but uh, I'm glad <laughs> I got there. Yeah, thank you for coming in to the Create Unknown, and hopefully you're escaping unscathed. We would absolutely love to get you back and talk about. God, there's just so much. There's so much uh, from from uh, very smart process elements that we didn't we didn't touch on anything other than than really your content in the ecosystem uh when there's some very real topics uh that are kind of business related and uh organizationally yeah. related that uh you could put on a clinic on those <laughs> things so uh we would love to have you back if if you were willing to of do course, that of course always happy to come on and that's the end of part one with our astounding aviary and feathered phenom, John Swan. Part two is on the way, and we go into the Keemstar and H3 nuclear war. John talks about what it means for the platform as a whole, for both viewers and creators. And we go back and forth on whether it's right to go after a YouTuber sponsor. Honestly, I think Swan is in the pocket of big G fuel. But uh, subscribe to the Create Unknown, and you'll hear the next edition with John Swan if you want to hear it early. Hop into the Patreon. You can do that for just $2, and you will hear it before the normies. Because it's coming, Space Cowboys, and it's coming soon.